Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 130 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how your nutrition changes after you've completed your marathon. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners welcome to episode 130 my name is letty my name is ryan and we are the hosts of a podcast that comes out weekly where we talk about all things running including training and mental training. I don't know what else do we talk about, Ryan? So today we're going to be focusing on nutrition post-marathon. That's right. Fitting because you just finished one. So what are you going to do for your nutrition now? That's the big question, right? Well, glad you asked me because the nutritionist that I talked to, she's a registered dietitian. Her name is Serena Marie. And she actually has a challenge starting today when this comes out, which is November 14th. It's a 10-day challenge. It's free. And it talks about your strategies and what to do when you're off season. Um, there's going to be a Zoom meeting. And, and guess what? What? There's not going to be any calorie counting, which uh, is the reason I'm joining this. I remember you saying that you really wanted something that didn't have calorie counting. I hate the idea of having to use an app when I look at my food and figuring out how much I can eat. I get court portion control, but the whole calorie counting is just doesn't agree with me. I feel like life's too short to be counting your calories. But that's just my, my take. I know that it can create really good habits um, to be aware of how many calories your your stuff has, right? Yeah, I think it's a hard thing to start because like you don't know any of the calorie amounts for the foods you eat. But as you, you know, learn and you most people probably eat similar stuff frequently, it probably becomes easier. But for those that don't want to do calorie counting, I guess this is the method. Yes, it is. So I'm going to link this in the description and you can probably still join. And so are you ready to hop into my conversation with Serena? Without further ado... We're now going to play the conversation. All right. So I'm here with Serena Marie RD. Serena, thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah, of course. I'm always like so excited and like pumped at the opportunity to jump on here and chat with you, Letty. And we're lucky to have you because, I mean, I follow your Instagram and I encourage others to do too. You provide awesome little clips that are entertaining and definitely informative. So with that, um, we wanted to bring you on to talk about three things that will change post-marathon um, in light of all the fall races almost having happened already. And obviously now we go to this mode where our training goes down a lot. And, you know, with that comes 
weight gain and other issues. And we're just, you know, kind of confused how much should we keep eating because I think the appetite is maybe still there. Should it still be there? Maybe you can help us with a few things like that. Yeah, I was so excited about this topic because um, I'm actually hosting a completely free 10-day challenge where we're going to be talking about exactly this, like the mindset, um, the nutrition adjustments, and also just some gentle movement um, for people who are in off-season. So if you're listening to this, um, the challenge does start the 14th of November, but even if you're hearing it on the 14th or the 15th, you can still pop in. We've got 10 whole days together. Um, just send me a, a DM on Instagram, Serena Marie RD. Um, and maybe I can give, um, you the link to also like sign up in the show notes and you guys can, um, obviously we're going to give you some great tips on the podcast today, but you can also sign up for the free challenge if that's something that's interesting, um, for you. So, so yeah, with, you know, uh, taking time off from racing um, and training intensely. I personally am like a really big fan of taking off seasons. Are you like a big fan of taking off seasons as well? Absolutely. Yep. I yeah. also feel like you should have an A role, a goal. And then if you really like running and want to have other goals, you can still continue running, but not pushing it as hard in every single race. So that is kind of, you know, taking time off, lowering your mileage and all that stuff. Yeah, like I still run in my off season because it, it keeps me sane. <laughs> but like it's just different versus like hitting certain mileage or hitting certain paces or doing structured workouts. It's just more like for fun and for meditation. Um and you know, so I'm I'm a really big fan of off season running. But like you were saying, there are some things that come along with that, like having to adjust your nutrition, um being aware of just like the choices you're making. So really wanting to dive into today Basically, you know, so I, I think before we talk about this today, like I want to kind of just like give us permission to realize that as runners, especially as female runners, it is perfectly normal and healthy for there to be some weight fluctuations when you are between training cycles. Like I think we have it in our, our head that we need to look like the fittest version of ourself 365 days a year. And in reality, that's not necessarily even healthy. Now, everyone's different. Like some people just naturally are leaner. And maybe for you, you're like sitting there and you're like, oh yeah, it's really easy for me to stay this lean all year round. And okay, that's fine if that's who you are. Um, <laughs> Letty's laughing. But then, but then a lot of us, you know, we're going to have our really fit training bod. And then we're going to have our off season bod. And I just want to kind of create that permission that both of those weights um, are within your set point, which is like your genetically predetermined, like healthy weight for your body. And both of those weights are healthy and are good for you. And we really just want to take away the fear around the fact that like, if you gain a few pounds when you're in off season, it doesn't mean like you've thrown your health to the wind. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And, um, you know, just, just to contribute to that, I feel like even if you don't see it, it still happens to, to all of us. Um, and it is true because obviously when you're running a higher amount of mileage, you're burning calories like crazy. And then, um, at a certain point, you don't do that anymore. You gain the weight. But do you think there's also something like, when you get to a certain point, even if you continue the same amount of running, does your body up adjust and you start gaining weight, even though there are no other variables that change? 
Yeah. So I think what you're saying is that, is it possible that somebody who's still running high mileage starts to gain weight anyway? Yes. So this is really common with people who under fuel. And I always, you know, I see a lot on like Instagram and social media about people saying, oh, I signed up for a marathon and I am gaining weight. Like what gives? And that's usually a huge indicator to me that that person isn't fueling correctly. No shame on that person. They just, they don't know what they're doing and that's okay. But generally what happens is when we when our body realizes like, okay, this is now the norm. Serena runs 40 miles a week. She's burning 40 miles a week worth of calories. Our body really um, is such like an intelligent, alive, adaptive machine, right? Where it then says, I'm going to slow down Serena's metabolism to account for the fact that Serena every every week is burning 40 miles worth of calories. And so what happens is that your body is trying to maintain that set point, right? Your body wants to maintain that weight that was genetically predetermined to be healthy. So we're not going to just like for the rest of our life be losing, losing, losing weight, right? Like if you think about it, like it's impossible to weigh zero pounds, right? Like that that doesn't intellectually make sense, right? So, so what happens is our metabolism or the rate of energy burn slows down to account for the fact that you're running a certain amount. And so it's our job when we are making nutrition choices to make sure that we're eating enough protein and fiber and energy to help keep our metabolism high, as well as doing things like sleeping enough, managing our stress, um, taking rest days, you know, doing all the other things to help nurture a healthy metabolism in addition to eating enough. But a lot of times when people are struggling with weight gain during training, it's because they're either not eating enough. So their metabolism is just like really slowing down and they're not doing anything to um, prevent that from happening or they're restricting on certain days of the week and then overeating other days of the week because they inevitably get really hungry. Wow. That, that should be a, a whole podcast yeah. in itself. I think we should make that <laughs> into sure. a future episode. Cause I feel like there's so much more to be said about that. Yeah. I could talk about that for like 15 hours. <laughs> and nice. that's basically what I do for a living is just making sure people are eating enough because it is so hard in our culture. We're just taught to restrict, to restrict. All these foods are bad and it just becomes really challenging for us to nourish our, our active bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some tips that you or some pointers, advice, pieces that you have for us when it comes to what changes after the marathon? Totally. Okay. So so we're just going to kind of like you were saying, like we're just going to accept that our body is going to change a little bit and that's not a bad thing. So I don't want anyone to interpret this advice today as like ways to restrict and stay in your thinnest, leanest body because I don't think that's a healthy um, piece of advice to give. But rather what I want to do is I want us to focus on how to like basically reduce our energy intake and not because I'm trying to support like weight loss, but because when we're running less miles or doing less intense activity, less speed work, less hill training, we need less energy. Our body naturally is going to need less energy to fuel the system because you're less active. 
So I think the number one thing I want to say is focusing on um, shifting your intake of carbohydrates. So your intake of carbohydrates, and this is food like grains and pasta and cereal and rice and bread and desserts. It's not like we have to eliminate them. Like you still need carbohydrate, even though you're maybe not trading intensely. Um, but you're probably going to notice that you'll feel satisfied and full with a smaller portion of carbohydrate versus when you're training intensely. And I think a really nice way to kind of help with balancing your blood sugar and staying fuller longer, even with um, less activity, is to shift your focus to eating more high fiber carbohydrates. So shifting your focus instead of it being like a big plate of rice with a few beans, having it be like a big plate of beans with a little bit of rice. So kind of just swapping that ratio to having more of those high fiber carbs, like the beans, the fruit, the starchy vegetables, um, certain grains that are richer in, in fiber, like quinoa or bran, and having less of that density of like the white rice or um, the processed carbohydrates that are just lower in fiber. Perfect. I have been taking notes, so this is great. <laughs> Yeah. And what this is essentially going to do is just like when we're running and training intensely, our body really needs that quick energy. Like that white rice is like delightful when you're training because your muscles need that easily accessible energy versus if you're coming to a, a period of training where you're less active. It's not like the white rice is bad for you, but it's just not as necessary versus something like beans or lentils or quinoa is going to just give you more of a stable blood sugar curve, which probably will just feel really good in your skin since your muscles aren't going to be needing so much of that quick accessible energy. That's perfect. No, that's that's some that's a great first tip. Thank you, Serena. You're welcome. Yeah. So so hopefully as you're eating more of these high fiber carbs, you're just naturally going to notice that like you're getting fuller on smaller portions. And like I said, this is to just support the fact that you're less active. So you need less energy. Um, the next thing I want you to continue focusing on, and this is a focus even during training, is protein intake. So, you know, I think um, our, our emphasis on protein and choosing protein rich foods, while it's definitely incredibly important for supporting recovery and performance while you are um, training, it remains important even in off season. And the reason for this is because protein plays a really important role in supporting um, the like the longevity of your muscles. So all those muscles you created during training, we have like the greatest shot of like keeping them alive, so to speak, if you're eating a diet where there's protein at each of your meals and snacks. And then also protein plays a really robust role in blood sugar control. So helping you to feel satisfied and full um, and regulate your appetite. So protein sources like chicken and fish, um, beef, turkey. Um, for my vegans, it's like tempeh, edamame, Mame, seitan, textured vegetable protein, um, nutritional yeast, beans. So, so focusing on protein at meals and snacks is really helpful year round, whether you're training or not. Awesome. So the first one was shifting the carb intake. Second one, protein intake and understanding that it's still important, even though we're not training as much anymore. Absolutely. Yep. 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 So just really kind of focusing on those high quality nutrient dense foods. And, you know, we're not going to like spend a whole lot of time today talking about like 
fat intake, but fat is also very important here. Um, you know, having some kind of healthy fat from avocado or um, olive oil or nuts or seeds, peanut butter, those are also really healthy foods. They're not going to be like uh, the star of today's podcast, but I just want to give like a shout out so that I'm not like skipping over one of the main food groups here on yeah. the podcast. Very great. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I would just say the third tip is to, you know, really enjoy your veggies this season. Um, When I'm working with clients, a lot of times, you know, it's just like such a weird piece of advice to get from a dietitian, but I'm taking veggies away because runners tend to get really um, filled up on the volume of vegetables without hitting their energy needs. And that's very concerning, right? We talked in the beginning of the podcast about how we need to get enough energy. But if this is a season where you're running less, you're training less, you're less active, then, you know, you can kind of have fun with your vegetables, like add extra vegetables to your plate, get all of that nutrient density. Those antioxidants are going to help with just like repairing and recovering all of that oxidative of damage from your hard training cycle you had just completed. Um, You know, I feel like roasting vegetables in the oven if when it's cold outside is like a super yummy, delicious and like comforting activity to do um, and delicious way to get just some great vitamins and minerals into your diet. So adding some extra vegetables to your plate um, during off season is definitely a good idea. Okay, perfect. So you were talking a lot about, you know, reducing this energy intake. And I think I'm speaking for a lot of us when I say when it's a marathon cycle, anything goes, I'll allow myself to eat whatever. And then after that, how do we even find out or what resource do we have? What is there some kind of tool where we can find out how many calories we even need? And I know everybody is different the way we're built, small bone, big bone, all that stuff. But is there some sort of calculator or how would you go about that? So I don't count calories in my nutrition practice personally. Um, so, and actually, if you're listening to this and you want to join that 10 day um, challenge I'm doing off season, like a pro, I think this would be like a perfect activity for you. But essentially in my practice, what we do is we look at the hunger fullness scale. So if you could picture in your head right now, a scale of like zero to nine, where zero is like, I am ravenously starving, hungry, and nine is like, post Thanksgiving dinner, like super full and overstuffed, we actually start to just pay attention to the amount of food you put on your plate and how um, filling this, this, this amount of food is. And so essentially what you'll notice if you're paying attention is the amount of food you need to eat to get full when you're training is going to be a larger amount versus if you start to, um, you know, come down on your mileage and you pay attention to your fullness, you're going to notice you're feeling full with less food on your plate. So your body kind of intuitively is going to reduce that energy intake, but you do need to pay attention. I think so often we're like eating while we're like yelling at the kids or working or on our phone. And we're just kind of like, oh, I always when I serve myself pasta, I always fill up my my big bowl. This is how much I always eat. And we don't even realize to pause and say, you know what? Like it's off season right now. I'm probably less hungry. Maybe I should just fill up this bowl like three quarters of the way and pay attention to how filling or how full I feel. So definitely there's a lot more like mindful eating involved in the way I teach nutrition um, versus like calorie counting. I just find it's a very slippery slope uh, to start counting calories. And then it becomes really easy to ignore your body's internal hunger cues or cravings because we just get so concerned with how many calories we're eating. 
I love that. Um, you know, the reason I've never done anything with nutritionists is because I hate the idea of having one more thing in life to track. I track so much, you know, between play dates and drop off times for kids and everything else and work assignments to then having to count calories. It just kind of kills the joy of food for me. So I really do like that a lot. And um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that about your practice. I'm like nodding my head so hard. I'm like, yeah, I, that kills the joy of food for me too. So anything with like macro tracking or calorie counting, I get how they're useful tools. You know, we do talk about like running nutrition, how to make sure you're meeting your needs in my practice, but we use as little math as possible because it totally just like takes the joy away (laughs) from eating. Yes. I've seen friends with the apps and I just feel like it wouldn't be some, I mean, maybe it creates good habits for if you need that but not to be sustainable. And I guess you're right with all that too, because a lot of times we look at the watch and we're like, oh, it's 12 o'clock. I need to eat something. When in reality, you're not really hungry. So that's a really good um, indicator to just kind of listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pay attention to your body. So perfect. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more detail about your challenge and what it really entails. Because um, if if we're not counting calories, then I'm in... (laughs) Okay, cool. I will send you the link. So essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to be spending 10 days together um, in a private Facebook community. I'm going to be going live on Zoom um, every other day, and we're going to be talking about um, mindset. So we're going to be talking about shifting away from um, you know, that external validation of, did I run enough? Is my Strava, you know, like thinking about like what other people are thinking and really just kind of shifting our focus to like taking good care of our body, allowing our body to rest and how rest is just such an important part of being an athlete. I always say rest is training too. But then we're also going to be talking about food. So how to listen to your body, how to pay attention to that hunger fullness scale I just briefly um, described. You're going to get a workbook, um, a bunch of recipes when you sign up. So you'll be able to like just get curious about the mindful eating practices I teach in my my, um, private practice. And then we're also going to just have some like really gentle movement reminders. So, you know, reminders to do things like foam rolling or stretching or even like just some deep breathing practices, things that take care of your nervous system because the nervous system often really takes a hit during heavy training because we're just like stressed out people with stressful lives and then we're adding stressful training on top of it. So the 10 days is really just about resetting your nervous system, paying closer attention to the food choices you're making and hopefully helping your mindset to be nurtured in a way where you're just a little bit less hard on yourself during the season of life when you're just like taking a break from the intensity of training. I love it. All right. I'm in and I'm glad also that it ends right in front, right before Thanksgiving. So that's perfect timing for that. Um, All right. So we'll link that. And thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You got it, girl. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, and uh, for the people that want to get in touch with you, can you please give us your socials? Yes. So uh, Instagram, I would say, is the place to find me. So it's Serena Marie RD. Serena spelt like the tennis player. So S-E-R-E-N-A Marie RD. RD is for registered dietitian. I'm on Instagram all the time. So if you send me a DM, I probably will answer you pretty quickly. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Serena, thank you so much. And like I said, everything will be linked in the description. So Letty, what do we have for next week? So next week we have, again, one of my favorite things, a race recap. (laughs) 
You do like those race recaps. I do. I just got off the mountain yesterday from running the Big Bear Revel Race Series, which is a notorious race for being downhill. Um, so obviously it's easier to PR and I thought actually it'd be a lot easier than it was. So we're going to talk all about that in the next episode. All right. Until then. Have a happy week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.